welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now here's Rick. Hi, welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you join us again. I'm excited about this particular episode because I think it's a fascinating subject and I think that I've got some fascinating information to share with you about some folks that you've heard of and maybe didn't fully understand why they're as successful as they are and what makes them that way. And I I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I think it'll challenge you because frankly, uh, it's challenging stuff when you talk about self-discipline. Maybe you think you're self-disciplined and maybe there's a new standard you're going to learn today. Maybe you've always been challenged by the issue of disciplining yourself and and practicing self-discipline and it's keeping you from being as successful as you can be. And today I'm going to do my best to motivate you and inspire you to consider increasing the self-discipline in your life so that you can in fact be more successful. Again, just want to remind you that we still have this offer out there that if you'll write a review Uh, on iTunes about this podcast and take a screenshot of it and email it to info at rcc-impact.com and give us your mailing address. You will get a free copy of my best-selling book, Turn Your Setbacks into Comebacks. We're still looking for a few more reviews and we'd love to send you a book if you'll do that. And obviously, uh, if if you're listening but haven't subscribed, we appreciate your subscribing and sharing and telling your friends about how helpful this podcast is and how it is inspiring and motivating you and helping you in the area of success as we continue to talk about success for a couple more episodes before we will switch to a new topic and a hot topic it always is and that is how do you deal with and overcome stress but we're still on success and today the focus is on self-discipline so let me give you a phrase to just kind of frame our talk today Discipline is the bridge between who you are and what you can become. Discipline is the bridge between who you are presently and what you can become. It's self-discipline that is the bridge that can take you from where you are now to where you can become. And I believe in the principle of self-discipline. I think it's absolutely true. But let me just share some stories with you about a couple of well-known, several, let's say several well-known people who are amazingly, incredibly self-disciplined and you can see the uh, remarkable success that they have. Now, a few episodes back, I talked about Tom Brady and, and some of the reasons for his success, but I did not talk about this aspect of his life And that is his incredible self-discipline. And I want to just use him as one example. Believe me, if you think I'm stuck on Brady, I've got others to share with you as well. But hey, listen, I mean, the guy is is, it's the most popular sport in, uh, in America, professional football. And the most important position in football is the quarterback. And he is the most successful of all the quarterbacks. So if you were going to be stuck on someone, you know, this might be the guy that you'd be stuck on. So let's just look at his... Uh, self-discipline and and just kind of look at how uh, unbelievably self-disciplined he is. That it's not, you know, luck or just good genes that have gotten him to where he is. It's his taking care of his physical body so that he'll be playing at 42 years old in the most challenging of sports for your body, football. I played football. Both my sons played football. It's uh, 
you know, as we say, it's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport. So to stay healthy is just remarkable, and he's been able to do it. Let's just look at, first of all, his commitment to nutrition. He's just an absolute nutrition fiend. He is all about hydration. He he wants to be the most hydrated person in the world. He's literally said that. But just to put that you know, in perspective here, just check this out. He consumes 300 ounces of water a day. 300 ounces of water. So if there's 128 ounces of water in a gallon, then you're over two gallons of water a day that this guy is consuming. I mean, that is just unreal. And then, of course, he takes uh, his special electrolytes with it so that he can get the benefits not only of the water, but of the electrolytes as well. He is absolutely committed to what he would call the anti-inflammatory diet. And he's got his whole TB12 program. I mean, he's got the, the, the meal service. He has the uh, snacks. I mean, he's got the, again, the electrolytes. I mean, you know, he's got it all. But what you cannot deny is how incredibly committed he is to nutrition and diet as a key to his success. Also, his workouts. His workouts are, are focused on muscle pliability. Now, the game of football is about strength, for sure. The quarterback position is not, a, not the position that strength is needed nearly as much as other positions, like the line or linebackers or running backs who need enormous strength and power. But pliability is his particular focus. He, he wants uh, uh, muscles to be lengthened and to be softened, and he believes that by doing that, you are going to keep yourself from injury. His drills are not easy to do. They're not. And, and you know, you think, gosh, they're not big-time lifting uh, drills like you would think would be hard to do. And it is hard to lift, lift heavy weight. But his, his are challenging as well. But it's not just the body that he trains. It's the brain as well. He's got this brain HQ partnership for these mental workouts that you can do on your computer or your tablet or your phone. So he's about the physical workout. He's about, he's about the, the mental workout. He's about the nutrition. And he's about sleep. He sleeps from 9 at night till 6 a.m. on an average night. It's pretty early to go to sleep, 9 o'clock at night. That's a pretty long time to sleep, nine hours of sleep. And he sleeps at 65 degrees. Yes. Just try that. Like tonight, just put your thermostat on 65 degrees. Even in the summer now, you say, oh, that sounds great, Rick. I'm going to do that. I'll be really cool. Let's see how, how you feel at 65 degrees. And then imagine 65 degrees in the wintertime. And he sleeps all year round in that kind of temperature because he believes that that causes his body then to, to work and to burn because it's cold. And so he essentially sees himself as burning even through the night. I mean, there, you know, there's something to be said for it. Like if you wanted to lose weight, if you could, if you could do it, if you could discipline yourself to bear it, your, your body could essentially be burning fat while you are sleeping. It's kind of an amazing thing to consider. The bottom line is, is that the guy has amazing, incredible self-discipline. That is undeniable, undeniable. And this kind of self-discipline 
serves him incredibly well. Now, how about we jump out of the world of athletics and let's just look at somebody else. Right, you may be familiar with the name, maybe not, Jack Dorsey. Do you know who Jack Dorsey is? He's the CEO of Twitter. So let's just look at a businessman's discipline model, okay? Here's a, here's a, a Jack Dorsey day. This is what it looks like for him. Gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, not super early, but still pretty early. I'm an early riser myself. I, I rise the same time. I can tell you, you can get a lot done. You can get a lot done when you get up early. It's still dark out. It's very quiet. It's amazing how peaceful and quiet it is early in the morning. Gets up at 5. Now, here's the first thing he does. 15-minute ice bath. Have you ever taken an ice bath? One of my boys, my youngest son, uh, was a huge believer in ice baths when he played football as a running back and, you know, obviously took a lot of punishment, a lot of hits, and he was all about the ice bath. Okay, it's one thing to play a game of football and then have an ice bath, but you wake up and the first thing you do in the morning is take an ice bath. I mean, that is, that, that's, that's, that is, a, that is an awakening for any person. Then, after that, he spends the next hour in meditation. One hour of meditation. I spend the first morning hour of my morning in prayer, which is in some senses like meditation, although in some ways different, and I would argue, by the way, much better. We can talk about that in another episode, why prayer is superior to meditation, but let's just stick with his routine. So an hour of meditation. And so then you say, well, after that, boy, he's going to jump in for a big breakfast. No, doesn't eat breakfast. In fact, he doesn't eat breakfast or lunch. He only eats one meal a day, and that is dinner. And that meal consists of either meat or fish with either salad or a green vegetable. And then he tops it all off with a piece of fruit. That's his single meal a day. Fish, chicken, beef, salad or vegetable, and a piece of fruit. Wow. Now, you say, okay, you know, that's what he does during the week, but then, you know, he has his cheat day on the weekend, don't we all? How about this? On the weekend, he eats absolutely nothing. He doesn't eat any meals on Saturday or Sunday. He only sips on mineral water. It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty remarkable amount of self-discipline. He said this, and I quote, it occurred to me one time how much of our days are centered around meals, which of course is true. I have been fasting for years, and I can tell you when you fast, meaning you eat, eat no food and just drink water, you do realize how much of life is really structured around meals. You also realize how many commercials there are about food as well. So he has an insight there for sure, but imagine the discipline it takes to essentially fast every weekend, not occasionally, but every weekend. And then here's just the rest of his daily routine. He walks, not bikes, not drives, he walks five miles to work every day, and then he walks back five miles. Nah, not, uh, hey, I think I'll get an Uber or Lyft, or, no, I pick out one of my cars. I'm a super wealthy guy. I'm the CEO of Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll ride a bike. No, he walks. And by the way, when he gets home, the first thing he does before he has that one meal a day is he spends another hour in meditation. That's a pretty remarkable 
level of self-discipline. Now you may think, all right, but this is guy's got the splurge on vacation. That's got to be his splurge. Well, this is actual an actual t- tweet from him on his vacation last year. During the next 10 days, no devices, no reading, writing, physical exercise, music, intoxicants, meat, talking, or even eye contact with others. That's, that's, that's a Jack Dorsey 10 day vacation. Wow. Now, you know, I just did an episode about benefits of taking a vacation. I don't know that I was referring to that kind of vacation. But the point is, you may say, oh, this guy's just, you know, he's not, he's not right in the head. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think it's, it's certainly severe. But again, it, these are the levels of self-discipline that, that high performers have. How about a guy like Kobe Bryant? You know, he's, you know, he's in all everything. I mean, you know, great, one of the greatest basketball players that's ever, ever played this game. Ever. And one of the guys that went straight from high school into the pros and didn't even play college basketball. But how about if I shared with you what his schedule was like in high school? In other words, the days that he did not go to school, this is his schedule. He got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m., not 5 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. When he got up at 3, what he did was he spent two hours in training. So he had two hours of training, and then he had breakfast took a little rest, and then another two hours of training. And then he had lunch and took a break, and then another two-hour training session in the afternoon, and then dinner and another two-hour training session at night. And then he went to bed at 9 and started the whole thing all over again. And that's how a young man can go straight from high school to the NBA and become a superstar, all-star, future Hall of Famer, ball player. That's what happens when you have this level of commitment that that Kobe had. That's the kind of discipline, the kind of self-discipline that it takes to reach levels like he reached. So it, it, you know, it can be done. It can be done. And, you know, just think about that for a moment. Let's just say, for instance, that, you know, you say, well, I'm not six foot eight and, you know, I don't have the, some of the athletic ability of Kobe Bryant, but I do have some athletic ability and I do have some height and I love the game of basketball. If you were to commit to some, uh, some type of schedule like his schedule, I think I could almost guarantee that you could have some future in basketball. In other words, at the least you could play college basketball. Just almost guaranteed. Maybe maybe non-scholarship Division Three. Maybe you land a scholarship Division One. Hey, maybe you become a, a big-time basketball player. But if you had that kind of commitment with adequate height, because it is a tall man's game, and enough athletic ability, that kind of self-discipline would take you away. I think it would guarantee that you could play college basketball, not just be a high school basketball player, but be a college basketball player, just from self-discipline. And again, what else can self-discipline do for you? Well, it, it, it can do a lot for you. It can do an awful lot for you. When I think about self-discipline, this is my definition of self-discipline. It's doing what you have to do, doing it as well as you can, 
and doing it that way all the time. Person who's self-disciplined is someone who does what, does what they have to do. And they do it as well as they can do it. And they do it that way all the time. They're consistent. That's a person who's self-disciplined. You know, you can either be disciplined by others or you can discipline yourself. And disciplined by others is not fun. Not fun at all. It's not, it's not what you want, you know. You, you don't want to, to suffer and experience the hand of discipline. It'd be much better to discipline yourself. Around our family, we have a little joke from that Little Rascals movie where, where the buckwheat says, uh, if, you were, if you were our dad, we would discipline ourselves, you know? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> hey, discipline yourself. And then you don't have to worry about, about anyone else, about anyone else's behavior, about anyone else messing with your life or, or coming into your life in such a way. Now, I think discipline can be learned early in life, uh, Athletics to me is, is the number one way. Now, that's, that's my background, so I'm not saying it's the only way. I think music and art can, can teach you des- discipline at a, uh, a young age as well. And, and I think there's probably other, uh, other things you can do as, as well. But certainly sports has a marvelous way of teaching you that, that uh, if you deny yourself certain things, you can gain uh, a reward for that, a great reward. And disciplining yourselves with certain habits just work. I mean, they just absolutely positively work. And I think it's translatable. I think that what you do in sports or music or whatever field you might be talking about, whatever you do, it can it can be translated, you know, later in life to your profession or or whatever other pursuit that you might be going after to be successful, including success in a family and a marriage. Again, certainly physically, finances. I mean, self-discipline is the answer. I mean, just think about how many people are not where they want to be in their in say their finances because of a lack of of self-discipline. They just do not discipline their spending. They do not have a discipline regimen for saving. And so they end up being in debt instead of ending up with savings and investments. You know, it's just a remarkable thing about saving versus spending and debt. I mean, debt, you're, you're paying someone else interest, whereas on investments, you're having someone else pay you interest. It's a complete reversal. Your money is making money for you while you're doing absolutely nothing. The miracle of compound interest, right? My dad taught me that a long time ago. He said, son, the greatest thing you'll ever see is compound interest. Just your money just sits there. You don't do a blessed thing with it and it makes money. Of course, conversely, when you overspend and you're in debt, then you have to pay the principal and then you have to pay on top of on top of it. And of course, this happens in, with credit cards, certainly. I, I think it's incredible what happens with with mortgages. If, if you just look at the difference between, say, a 30-year and a 15-year mortgage. It's amazing. I've had 30-year mortgage, 15-year mortgage, and 10-year mortgage. I've had all three. And I'm going to tell you what, it's it's stunning. It's a stunning to look and see the difference between the amount of principal that's paid down on a 30-year mortgage versus 10-year mortgage. It's like a complete reversal. The amount that's going to pay interest on a 30-year is what is what is used to pay principal on a 10-year. And since that's your biggest debt, you can see 
how incredible it is and the amount of money you could save. So discipline and finances, I mean, obviously discipline in your health. I mean, that's, that's just something that so many people are challenged by. I mean, we have a huge, huge problem with obesity and overweight in our country. Two-thirds of Americans are either overweight or obese. I was just watching a, a documentary from about 50 years ago, and, you know, documentary had nothing to do with health, by the way. And it just, just struck me how much thinner people were 50 years ago. There were hundreds of people that I saw in this documentary, and no, nowhere near two-thirds of them were overweight or obese. I, I'm not even sure one-third were. That's a big difference in what's happened in just 50 years. So self-discipline is what keeps you from being overweight and obese, and on and on and on it goes. Self-discipline is what blesses relationships, and a lack of self-discipline is what ruins relationships. Affairs destroy relationships like nothing else, and it's just a total matter of lack of self-discipline. So, disciplining yourself and having those right habits in your life are just absolutely key and crucial. But there's always a price to be paid. So the price to be paid for success is discipline. Demanding of yourself anything and everything that it takes to get it done. This is what Dorsey does. I mean, the guy is the CEO of Twitter, and Twitter is a huge success story. I mean, it is an absolute staple of modern culture now. I use it like crazy. It's, of course, the president of the United States uses it like crazy, like no one else ever has. It's just remarkable what this guy has been able to do and build. We already went through the Tom Brady, the, the Kobe Bryant resumes. We don't need to go over it. Then, of course, if, if I had more time on this podcast, we could go through more people and just talk about more people and, and all of their success and, again, how it is positively related to self-discipline, avoiding things that hinder your effectiveness, just refusing to let yourself get involved in things that take you away from your goals. Nothing in life comes without a price. It's just absolutely the truth. If you're going to reach your goals, sacrifices have to be made, and they have to be made, by the way, time and time again. Not occasionally, but consistently. Consistently. I mean, it is kind of interesting, don't you think, when you're sort of listening to these guys, for instance, that they're, they're all going to bed very early and they're getting up early, just for instance. I mean, I think that that's worth taking note. They're not, they're not staying up. They're not, they're not wasting their time, you know, watching television and surfing the web. They're, they're getting to bed so that they can get up early and they can begin their day. It's just one little clue, but it's, it's a huge clue. How much time is wasted? And, and again, how much, how much does our own discipline dissipate, especially in the evening hours? I think a lot. There's a reason why infomercials are on and the times that they're on, friends. It's not by accident. These, these marketing folks know what they're doing. Go to bed early. Get up early. Get a jump on the day. Start your day when it's quiet and peaceful and dark, and you'll be amazed to see what you can get done. 
In the Bible, there is a word for, uh, which is translated compete, for instance, in 1 Corinthians uh, 9. But it's an interesting word, agonizomai, agonizomai, agonizomai. Now, what does agonizomai sound like? Agony. And the word literally means that. Literally means that. To compete. (laughs) To discipline yourself. There's a level of agony that is a part of it. A part of it. And so it is just absolutely crucial to just accept the reality that discipline is not easy. It's not easy. It it takes exercising your will. That is how success happens. It isn't given to you. You earn it. You exercise your will. You say, I am going to do the hard and tough things. Discipline is the bridge between who you are and what you can become. Yes. And discipline is doing what you have to do and doing it as well as you can do it and doing it that way all the time, not some of the time. And when you do, you see success. There are things you cannot control in life, but you can control yourself. You can control yourself. Oh, there's so many temptations. Yes, there are a lot of temptations. There are a lot of temptations. But you can exercise self-control. You can have self-discipline. You can choose to do the things that you need to do in order to be successful. And you can choose to not do the things that you should not do that will keep you from being successful. You can choose the effort that you will give on any given day in any given project. You can can do that. And you can control that. And when you do, what happens is that you see and you experience success. From a Christian perspective, this is uh, important to understand. The the Christian life is a a life of, of discipline, of resisting temptation, of living in a world that offers a lot of things that are not in keeping with what Jesus taught or what the Bible's principles are about a lifestyle that we're to live. And so it it requires self-discipline to be successful as a Christian. Of course, I would say, again, as I've made the case today, is what is required to be successful for anything in life. Jesus talks about taking up the cross and following him. Wow, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a powerful picture. That's a, a really a strong metaphor for self-discipline. He'll take up the cross and, and follow. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to carry a cross. It's not easy to follow the leader, Jesus. But it can be done, and it, and it is done through self-discipline. And so many people want success, but are not willing to pay the price for success. They are not willing. They are not willing to to do it. They are not willing to. 
pay the price that's necessary. You know, when you listen to these stories about Jack Dorsey or Tom Brady or Kobe Bryant, or you think about the life of Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus, maybe your your thoughts are, this is, this is just, uh, you know, it's too hard for me, or it's too crazy, you know, it's, it's too radical, it's too severe. And unfortunately, I believe that probably the majority of people think like that. And that's why the majority of people are not successful. I mean, if you want to be a success, you're going to have to discipline yourself and you're going to have to do what others are unwilling to do. Maybe everyone wants the success. They want the victory. They want the prize, but they're not willing to do what it takes in order to get it. If you're willing to do what it takes, if you're willing to discipline yourself, if you're willing to put into your life practices that are challenging, the result is you will see the rewards. You will see the success for it. It's worth it. And if you haven't tried it before, how about trying it now? And if you're disciplined a little, how about you increase your discipline and make it greater than it is now and then see if you don't experience success greater than you have before i'll see you next week you've been listening to the point of impact podcast with rick mcdaniel thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode